Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Folks, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Fascinating day in the Broad Street Hockey Slack today we're we're now we're through spooky season halloween has come and gone i had a disappointing number of trick-or-treaters i have enough dum-dum lollipops to last until the end of time thanks for nothing trick-or-treaters merry christmas but, steve merry christmas no it's, it's christmas thanks, now thanksgiving comes first damn it and oh. i am i'm a huge proponent of thanksgiving apparently not everybody in BS, bsh is but i i love me some thanksgiving and it's probably because i'm a fat fuck but that's neither here nor there. I guess it's here. But. It's a, it's a great holiday. I mean, uh, it's a like great we kind of we do we skip over it, and it is bullshit. If you ask me, I think it's great. I, honestly, like the food of Thanksgiving is is good. People talk about the food at Thanksgiving like it's you know the best feast or meal that they've ever had, and I completely disagree. Because have you ever heard of pizza? But, (laughs) but like, it's a good feast though. Yeah, It's a good good feast. feast, And uh, I just love being around family because like my family doesn't live near me. Like we're all spread over, like we're spread across the country. So like we all get together at my aunt's house and it's awesome. So yeah, that's what I look forward to. Yeah. It's a little tough for me right now because my family has spread out in recent years. Mm -hmm. So we're not quite getting that same family angle that we were getting. But we're going to make the best of it. Me, Bruce, and uh, well, Emily comes first. I don't know why Bruce came. Yeah. I think Bruce came <laughs> second here because he's currently licking a Kong with peanut butter out of my hand because he really did not want me to be alone doing this podcast. He wanted to be right by my side. And I said, well, you have to be quiet, good boy. So he's just licking this Kong. That's a caring dog, Steve. It's a caring dog. He's yeah, caring. Cares. About being a pain in my ass, am I right? Wow. I can't believe you'd say that about a dog. You're as... you, you met him. You met the boss. I did. I met the boss last week. Last weekend, when I came up for the Flyers game, I was in the press box. Got to see Bruce after the game. And what a sweet boy. He's, He's a sweet boy. He really is a sweetheart. He's like, and what I wasn't expecting was how calm he is. 
Like he's insanely com- like I'm talking about having to sue them for this, but I, I typically during the day I only have to like take him out a couple times to sue them because like for a puppy he's incredibly calm. Yeah, he is. Like it took like my dog Teddy, who is about to turn three years old. He's a golden retriever. He is out of control at three years old. Still, it hasn't stopped. And I mean, Bruce didn't jump. He didn't do, I mean, he, he didn't do any, he was, he was just a calm dog. He was great. So he's a good boy. He, he is, is a good boy. And he's going to enjoy the Thanksgiving feast we put in front of him, which is extra treats. <laughs> Are you going to give him a drumstick? Probably not, but I'm, I'll give him a little turkey meat and yeah. that'll put him nice and to sleep. We've, uh, we've been giving him treats with turkey and pumpkin in them for the past like Ooh. month and they're shaped like little pumpkins it's it's fantastic he loves them too can i have one yes you can that i sounds will pop it good. into your mouth you have to sit though and shake first i listen steve you have me doing that most nights anyway so <laughs> that's true that's what a good podcast host slash producer does is get their their co-host to sit and shake first that's right and listen the yeah. reward most nights is quite nice let me it's tell you it's tangy tent folks it is tangy it's the tent reward. You're the ones who get the reward for all of this hard work here. That's right. <laughs> Emphasis on hard. <laughs> oh, this is hyperbole after dark already. <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? What, what's uh, great is this started as Thanksgiving talk. That's yeah. the best part here. Uh, but I, I would like to veer this this insane automobile back to Thanksgiving <laughs> because I had an, an important question today because uh, Jason had posted one of those charts that says like the favorite side by state and i believe pennsylvania's was mashed potatoes which checks out because i live in pennsylvania and i am a a mashed potato slut like i am all about that mashed potato life yeah and kelly had some objections because her state of delaware had mac and cheese as the preferred side. And she's like, I don't know anybody who eats mac and cheese in Delaware as the side on Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I love me a mac and cheese side. It's, I I would say it's an elite side for Thanksgiving, but many people in the broad street hockey slack shockingly had the take that they don't consider mac and cheese a side, which is insanity to me personally. So, all right. I grew up having mac and cheese as a main meal. That, that's wild to me. Yeah. That is just wild to me because I need me some protein. Mac and cheese alone will not suffice. It, it certainly filled me up. I would make a whole, I would make a whole box of it and just eat it all myself. Like, which is crazy, but like, <laughs> Oh, I'll eat a whole and Bruce will do it too. eat a whole box of Mac and cheese. Don't get me wrong about that, but I need some protein. I need some chicken or something. Like I, I eat Mac and cheese and spinach and roasted chicken on like Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. like, I used to like, I, I don't eat mac and cheese like ever now, unless it's Thanksgiving. That's because you're healthy. I'm like me. <laughs> unless it's Thanksgiving or unless my girlfriend makes it every once in a while, which dude, she makes the best mac and cheese. It's crazy good. Like she's got the breadcrumbs on it. Oh my oh, yeah. God. It's fancier it's so than good. me. Like I'll just, I'll make a box of Annie's and I'm like, this is pretty good. Dude. And it's, I'll just... it's out of control. But okay. like, I, I don't really eat it anymore, but like, I'll tell you what, that's my favorite thing on Thanksgiving 
Like, the, I mean, oh, yeah. this, this year, like, well, let me actually rephrase. When my mom makes it, I don't eat it. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad mac and cheese. How does your dude. mom make it? I don't know, but she should does stop. Does she make it? She should stop doing whatever she's doing. She should stop. Shut it down. Da- uh, shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, like my girlfriend is coming to Thanksgiving this year. She's going to make the mac and cheese and it's going to be a hit. I can't wait. Um, but like, yeah, like, and I, I, I talk to my mom about this all, all the time and she says like, oh, um, mac and cheese is a Southern thing, which I, I guess it is, but like people do it all over the country. So I feel like it was a Southern thing, like back in the day, but I, I feel like in the past 20, 30 years, it's very much become an everybody thing in yeah. the U.S. at least. Yeah, and she just doesn't want to accept that for some reason. She's very, like, anti-macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving. Just don't make it, then. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, It's one of those things, you know, the old Ron Swanson saying, right? Don't half-ass two, two things, whole-ass one thing. Yes. Like, it's very true. Like, I'm... I've got two roles at work right now because I, I got a new role, but I still have to do the old one until the replacement starts. And let me tell you, folks, it's not working out great. No, but <laughs> that's because you got to put everything into it. You got to, and if you're not feeling a side, don't make it. Just don't make it. Okay. Maybe it's, that's uh, why it tastes like shit when she does make it. it. It likely is, my friend. It likely is. But I, I please at me. On whatever your preferred social media is, users or listeners. I don't know why I said users, but I'm very curious to find out if anybody else considers mac and cheese more of a a main or a side. Because for me, it's always been a side, never been a main. I can't even fathom. Bruce can't fathom it either. It being a main. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But please chime in at Flyperbly, at Estebomb. I'm going to let Bruce out of the room real quick and see how far everything goes my thing is that i feel like it can be both so me and my girlfriend were talking about this earlier as well it can can only be both with a protein for me i need a meat i think it can be it can be a main if you come home late from work at like 9 30 p.m or like something crazy come home late from running errands and you're like i just need something that's gonna fill me up and it's gonna be nice and warm and make my my stomach smile then like get then, you know, make a thing of mac and cheese and it's nice and easy and, and it'll do the job. It'll fill you up. But ideally it should, ideally it should be a side, but it can be a main. I mm. think. I guess maybe I'm a, it shouldn't hungry be hungry of a man. I yeah. am the hungry man. It cannot be a main for me, but one I'm thing. Also, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a light man. Okay. <laughs> it's just let facts are facts. I'm not a light man. It ain't filling me up. One thing I want to say is on this little map. So basically there's this map of the United States saying like, you know, what's the best side per state in like Virginia's salad. That's fucking wrong. I live in Virginia. Like that is not correct. Like well, in, the, in Virginia, it's mac that, and cheese. The company that produced this, this chart, if you will, is located in the area. So I will just have to march over to this company and demand answers. Yeah. I mean, they're just wrong. I don't know what else to say. It's just... I'm not going to say that this company is wrong, but I'm going to try and get to the bottom of it, okay? I would never say anything bad about this company ever. Yeah. Never. No, not, a, not at all. Never. But I will demand answers. I will get to the bottom of this. But I want to know what you, the listeners, think. 
And as always, love to, you know, we'll be, I want to talk about this closer to Thanksgiving itself. I always love to talk about the sides, do our power rankings. You know, it's a yearly tradition at this point, but mac and cheese. I love me some mac and cheese. I think it's an elite side, but I think it's very much a side. But tell me what you think. F hyperbole, Instagram, X, Twitter, Blue Sky, your mom's MySpace. I'm all over. There you go. Yeah. You're MySpace. in there. You're in there on your mom's I'm, MySpace. I'm way up in your mom's MySpace. Oh, yeah. I bet you are. Oh, baby, that's a start right there. Yeah, it that is. That is a start. And the Flyers had a start, and they've kind of teetered off a little bit in the past week or so. So Flyers through, I think, nine at this point, right? Nine games. Four, or is it ten? I think it's ten now. I think it. Is it four, five, and one? That seems like uh, that math. Oh, that is ten. Like that 10. sure is ten. I have through nine, but I, I did not update my notes. It is ten because you know what? I originally thought we were going to record like on Halloween, but we recorded this Thursday night, and they have played ten at this point. And they, the last two did not really. Well, the last three have not gone their way. So since we last spoke to you, wonderful people, they beat the shit out of the Minnesota Wild six to two. Just a, a molly whopping, just an absolute smackdown. A lot of fun. And then they got absolutely whooped by the mighty Ducks of Anaheim. And that was the game you were in attendance for. And that was uh, the first first game of the season in person for you, right? Of uh, the season, yes, it was. It was quite a bummer. Not a, not a, bummer. a fun game to have to watch. Poor Samuel Erson, the son of Ers, did not have a good time in that one. He did not. It was... I mean, they let up a touchdown and an extra point. Like, yikes! It was it was rough. It wasn't as best. Yeah. Now, one thing I do want to say about that game is like, John Tortorella came out after the game, and so, I, I don't know who it was, but someone basically asked him like, you know, when Sam Erson has a game like that, like, how do you kind of rebound or whatever? And um, John Tortorella just stopped him mid question and said, "Stop right there. This is not on Erson." Like he he defended Erson. Very adamantly. And he basically said, like, yeah, the whole team, this is on all of us. This is just a bad game for us in general. Um, so, you know, Urson wasn't great that game. He wasn't exactly uh, – he wasn't great his second – well, I shouldn't say – he wasn't great against the Sabres Wednesday night. And, um, you know, it's just – it's not to say it was bad, but yeah, he, he, he wasn't excellent. Definitely was not excellent against the Ducks. Props to Tortsy though, for saying, uh, hold up, wait a minute and defending his, his backup tendy there. That is a, a class move by Tortorella over there. But yeah, they, they, so they, they got whooped by the Ducks seven to four, not a pretty game, not the Flyers best game of the season by a long shot. And then they played a, an okay game against the Carolina Hurricanes, a, a game that they almost won. But they lost three to two. They went zero for five on the power play, and that really just seems like a classic game of the better team won. Ultimately, you know, it was close, but the Flyers just ain't there, and the Hurricanes are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like a puck don't lie type game. You know what I mean? Right. right. It was it. it the, the Flyers were not going to win that game. They did get a little bit of. They got some puck luck in that game, and. Um, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's pretty obvious that the hurricanes are 
slightly better than the Flyers. And just a little bit. Just, just a, a little bit. And then Tavo Teravine, and he's been heating up. Like he, of course, gets the game-winning goal late in the game. I think there was like three minutes to go or something like that. Like it was um, real late. Yeah. Yeah. So it. I mean, that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of win that this Flyers team is learning, or that's the kind of game that this Flyers team is learning how to win. Like right now, they are not quite at that stage yet where they know how. I, I, I don't want to say know how because like it, it sounds like I'm talking about a team that's full of children, which like I <laughs> part of the there are some young guys, but the, they're young guys, but they Atkinson, exactly. Not, yeah, they're not children. Like you got you got Lawton, you got Nick Delorier is Atkinson. decidedly not a child. Delorier, like you have like Sanheim, he is no longer a child, but like. <laughs> They need he to figure out. He does have that child, though. Like, he does have that clean-shaven face. So, Sandheim, at least you can... Well, because when Sandheim tries to grow facial hair, it looks like Robin Hood and not a very good Robin Hood. So yeah. yeah. He, he knows better, but he's definitely... Despite maybe looking youthful and more like a child, not a child, decidedly. Speaking of Nick Deloria, how, oh. about, how about that shift against the Hurricanes where he was just running people over like a truck and then he scored that goal... Uh, or excuse me, he set up uh, Garnett Hathaway for his first goal as a flyer. That a, was a verified, a certified, oh, wow, shift right there. That's exactly what you're paying Delorier to do. Just like fucking truck people. That was fun. Like that was a fun, fun. I'll tell you what, since Lawton joined that fourth line, they've been, uh, they've been buzzing that fourth line. Nick Delorier. Scooty Lutz, man, is such a. I mean, you can put him anywhere in the lineup, right? But ideally, on a good team, he's like a third, fourth liner. A guy who's just like bringing the heat and bringing that energy every night. Yeah. he's. You know what? I hate saying this because I feel like this is almost an insult to Scott Lawton. Because I think Scott Lawton is better than the player I'm about to compare him to. But he's almost like a Boone Jenner type player. Like Boone Je- Isn't Boone Jenner the first line center on the, the Blue Jackets right now? Probably, and he shouldn't be. He's a third line center at best. And there's a reason they're the other really, really bad team in the, in the, in the division right now in the Metro. Yeah. So although to this point is, are the Penguins still the worst team in the Metro to this point in the season? Or have they started piling up the wins? I think they're piling up the wins now. Um, I, I mean, well, I shouldn't say piling up the wins because they're it's still not the like, worst in the division. Are they really? That's impressive. three, six and oh. They've only got six points in nine games. Wow. Nice. Wow. Oh, there we go. Okay, that is pretty good. There nice. we go. Not not very good. Not great, Bob. On track and to get Macklin Celebrini, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, they're definitely going to be celebrating Celebrini over there. No, Columbus Columbus is 4-4-2 four, four, and two through 10, but it's much like but, the Flyers. Yeah, you know, they're that not shit good. ain't lasting. Yeah, they're no. not good, so... Columbus ain't good. The Flyers ain't good. That's I had so many. I, I had a couple frustrated texts from people after the Carolina game, and I'm like, guys, the Hurricanes are better. Like, yeah, you can, it's like just that simple. You can't act like the, the Flyers are were the better team. Or like, listen, the Hurricanes are are a literal Stanley Cup contender. Like they have been for years now, and to lose to them, that's okay. Like. You lose to teams like that. That's how it goes in hockey. Like, you're just not going to – you lose to good teams, you know, a lot, especially if you're a team like the Flyers, and that's all right. 
Um, so I, well, I the mean, great thing about this season is that you know, like you can be happy no matter what happens in the Flyers game. If they lose, great, they're probably going to get a better draft pick. Exactly. If they win, great, cool. The that's Flyers good. won. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Like, like this season, no one should have entered the season. Like, if you entered this season with expectations of this Flyers team, what the hell are you doing? Like you should have no expectations for this team. They are very much just a let's watch and see what happens type deal. And like, I I feel like we kind of know what's going to happen. They're probably going to finish like relatively low in the division standings. They'll probably finish with a top 10 pick, maybe like, you know, somewhere between the seven to 10 range, I would guess. And that's probably what's going to happen here. Um, but yeah, yeah, like people upset about losing to the Hurricanes. Like, there's no reason to be upset. There's no shame in losing to a juggernaut of a team. No shame and hey, no problem by me because again, better draft pick for the Flyers. Like, it's win-win for me. It's win-win. Just go with the flow. Try to enjoy the season for what it is. So the Carolina game, the Flyers didn't outplay the Hurricanes, but I think they did pretty damn well considering the opponent. Now, the Sabres game that just happened, Mm. the Flyers definitely outplayed the Sabres. And because of goaltending and defensive issues, the score was lopsided in the Sabres' favor. But So they lost to the Sabres 5-2. But they outshot the Sabres 40-15. Crazy. 40-15. The Flyers should not have lost that game. But I will say, who was the Sabres' goaltender in that one? Yuko Pekalukinen. He was rock solid. He was crazy. Game. Especially in the third period. In the third period, he oh made massive. Sa- I mean, there was this the one Flyers sequence. The Flyers were making moves, man. Yeah. They were making moves. They should have scored at least two or three goals in that period. There was this one sequence where they came in, and I can't remember who it was. I can't remember the player. I want to say I want oh, to say it was Sanheim. I know the one you're talking about because there was the one where Cam Atkinson came up with Couturier and Sanheim and Sanheim had this premium opportunity and just missed. Are you talking about the shorthanded? There was, yeah, one, yeah. There was one play where Sanheim had a beautiful, he made a nice move cut to the net and had a nice shorthanded chance, but he just couldn't get it. I think it, I don't remember if his shot went wide, but he couldn't get it, it in just wide. It was one of the best setups I've seen from the Flyers in a long time. But then in the third period, there was another shift where I th- I feel like it was, was it Forrester. I think it was I think it was Tyson Forrester because um, Forrester was he looked like he wanted to just break something yeah. from their style. Yeah, like he Tyson Forrester is so close to scoring a shitload of goals in a very short amount of time because like he is getting in the good areas to score goals. He's getting good looks. He's just the puck's just not going in for him right now. And um, having that puck luck. He doesn't, but like he's doing the right things. Like he's putting himself in position to score. And soon enough, he's going to start scoring and there's going to be a lot of goals on the highlight reel. So oh, um, I can't wait for that. Yeah. And yet he looked so frustrated after that. And then Konechny had a chance later in the game that he almost broke his stick on the boards because yeah. he was so pissed off he didn't get, which I love the fire. I love that they want this. They really wanted that game. Mm-hmm. And they should have had that game. They really, they outplayed the Sabres. They beat the shit out of the Sabres. And because Carter Hart had an injury and Samuel Erson and 
again, I don't, would you say it was defensive issues or would you say it was more just Urson's performance in that game? Because again, Urson also came in in a tough situation because Hart let up two goals in the first 10 minutes. Two goals in exactly 10 minutes. Three, if you count that very, that barely offsides uh, Mm -hmm. successful challenge. So um, yeah, he, I mean, he was, I, I, when was it? It was the, oh God, let's see. It was the 1436 mark of the first period. So with 14 minutes and 36 seconds remaining in the first period, that's when Carter Hart got hurt. He, He like extended his right leg to make a pad save and he tried to play through it, and then I believe it was Jeff Skinner who had that goal that got called back. They scored that. Skinner. They they scored that, and then Tortorella challenged, didn't count. So he was like, "All right, we're good." And then Brandon Byro scored his first Fake NHL team. goal. Fake person. Not not a person. Not a person. Uh, scored his first NHL goal, and Carter Hart just didn't look right. Like you could tell that whole time, like he was something weird was going on with him. So they, they, you know, removed him from the game with a mid body injury. I don't like the sound of that. A mid body injury. Isn't that what Mark straight had? <laughs> I mean, that is where the middle of the body is. So Mark straight, you know, for some of our younger listeners who might not remember Mark straight, one of the oldest effective defensemen in history. Yes. At least offensively. Mark Streit's dick basically broke one season as a flyer. He broke his dick. And it is the thing of just legends around here. Uncomfortable legend. It, it's incredible. Hopefully that's not what Carter Hart has going on. Um, I have a bad history with that because there's also Patrick Thorson. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the less said about that, the better. Honestly, thank you. Yeah, I would not. Yeah. I would rather not. Don't look it up. Don't Google it. But... um. Yeah, Carter Hart leaves, and that put Urson in kind of a tough spot. And so I think it was a little combination of Urson being like, "Oh God, here we go." And then not only did he have to, did he kind of get thrown in, but he got thrown into a difficult type of game to play for a goalie, where like they're not seeing a lot of shots. Like right. he saw, I think he saw a grand total of nine shots the whole game. Classic um, Mighty Ducks situation here. Yeah. He's pouring on the offense on one end and Julie the Cat Gaffney's not ready to go get that <laughs> get that that offense back on her, you know? Yeah. Samuel I, I mean, Erson. It's Samuel the Cat Erson. Sam the Cat Erson. And so I, I like I don't even necessarily want to say he played poorly, because I don't think he played like he's not the reason they lost the he's game. He's not the reason. I mean the Sabres had did they have two empty net goals or just the one? Uh just the one. Just the one, but still, like, he came in, I think he allowed two goals to... The Sabres have a good offense, too. Like, Tage Thompson is a machine out there. You know, like, they have some really, really good talent in Buffalo. And there's a reason that this team is being talked about as maybe making the jump to Buffalo's first playoff team in forever at this point. And it's really, I don't blame Urson for that. Frankly, the Flyers should have won. They should have scored like six goals in that game. But Buffalo's goaltender just played out of his mind. Yeah, he was great. And that Travis Konechny play you mentioned earlier, that honestly, I think why he was so frustrated is because that really should have been a goal. Like he should have Mm -hmm. tried to lift the puck 
with the backhand. But he it was tried to, and yeah. just like you could see it. The instant replay on that, the slow motion instant replay was excruciating. Yeah, because like he had the net wide see, open. He's trying. It was a it was a weird angle. It was like a really awkward angle to like kind of contort oh, yeah. the stick just the right way. So he kind of had to get it onto his forehand, and it just at that point you can or you can yeah he just kind of he came over and swallowed it up and it was just yeah but this was not jeff carter just shooting it into the goaltender's chest you know like no this was very much a different situation yeah yeah so it's they just couldn't score last night they had a lot of opportunities they just couldn't beat uh you can at the end and i mean you'll have games like that sometimes you know and For sure. i i think they'll you know it, they shouldn't be ashamed. They didn't play poorly against the Sabres. The Sabres are a good team this year, by the way. They're not what oh, they yeah. were. So They're a team on the rise, 100%. Yeah. I, I did, honestly, I like that the Flyers were pissed off about it, though. I like that they wanted to win that game because it, it shows that they yeah. got some fucking fire in them, you know? Last year's Flyers team just skates off. No one's talking to each other, and they just kind of sit in the locker room and, you know, whatever. But this year's they team is clearly, yeah, they want to win. They really yeah. want to win. You can tell that this year's team has a lot more fight and a lot more fire in it, which is exactly what the organization wants. So, yeah. Unfortunately, it's looking like the wins might be pretty tough to come by for the next couple of weeks, though, because that Carter Hart injury might be pretty, pretty, pretty bad. It is not looking great. So I don't, we still don't know. We haven't heard from the team on exactly how long he'll be out. We don't even know exactly what the injury is other than it's mid body. So there was a report today from, I believe, uh, Anthony Sanfilippo of, is it Filippo, 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 um, of crossing broad. It sounds like, uh, he could be out a couple weeks, could be out several weeks. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, but, but th- that's huge because as much as I like Samuel Erson, the son of heirs here, I, I simply just don't think he is ready to be the full-time starter. Uh, Felix Sandstrom fine in a couple of stints last year, but definitely not ready for that. Well, they're going to try to split the load with those two or S- Sandstrom's not Cal even Peterson. Sand- well, they did. They just called up Cal Peterson today. Oh, they did call Cal Peterson. Felix Sandstrom is down in Lehigh Valley right now on a conditioning stint because he hasn't played in a month. So, well, Cal Peterson, I mean, he's been playing for Lehigh Valley and hasn't been great. He's not that great. There's a reason that the Flyers had to take his his cap hit on as part of that Provorov deal. You know, this was a classic. Ron Hextall taking back a bad contract, except this one didn't last for like six years. Yeah. I mean, at one point people considered him to be kind of the, the heir apparent to Jonathan quick in LA. And then he signed that contract. Then he signed that contract and things started getting weird. And now, I mean, he's been bad. He hasn't even been like, he really has been pretty terrible in lehigh valley to start granted it's only been he's had four starts but in those four starts he has a 0.884 save percentage which is not good and hey, a, this is and a, minor leagues minor leagues and he has a 3.76 goals against average so and he's one three and in perspective to put this in perspective michael layton who is 
one of the most shit upon Flyers goalies of all time, despite taking the team to the Stanley Cup final, myself included for the shitting upon, had an impeccable AHL record. Michael Layton was a friggin' stud in the AHL. So even Michael Layton, very good at the AHL level. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say, and this is going to be kind of interesting. On Friday, the Flyers finish up their home and home set with the Sabres in Buffalo. I would imagine Sam Erson is going to get to start that game. On Saturday, who are the Flyers taking on at Wells Fargo Center? Ooh, would it be Cal Peterson's ex-team, the Los Angeles Kings? It sure would, Steve. Oh, wow. So you, I'll tell you what. If you're, going to, if you're going to give Cal Peterson a start in the NHL, you might as well give him a start against his old team that traded him away and said, yeah, you're not worth this contract. Which he's not. But, 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 that's still a big opportunity for him to be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm better than you thought I am. And then he... Show me what you got. Yeah. So, show me what you got, little mama. Um, So, yeah. This is, like, I am willing to bet that he would get the start on Saturday because, I mean, that just makes too much sense. And plus, I think they would want him to get a little, uh, you know get a little comfortable first. I, I, do, I don't think they would want to just th- toss him right in there immediately as soon as they, the, like the day after they call him up. So it, it just no, makes that sense. Probably that probably wouldn't be ideal. Saturday. Yeah. So I, yeah. I would guess that on Saturday, uh, Peterson would get the start against his old team. This is, this could be a rough stretch for the Flyers, but I, I hope that they keep playing with the same spirit they've been playing with and the same, like, vigor because it's been fun you know they're probably as yeah. i said i'm along for the ride i don't think they're going to win a lot of games but i'm along for the ride and win or lose like i'm just kind of enjoying it and these are frankly good losses for the team is just an objective standpoint i don't know say full tank is warranted this year but better draft pick is undoubtedly a good thing for a rebuilding team it is and like listen there's a lot of people like who get mad at them winning at all it's like, you should lose every game. And it's just like, no, you can't do that. That's stupid. You have to, like, you have young kids on the team. Like, you have to show them that, like, you have to show them how to prepare. Like, if they're the ones carrying the team to wins, that's good. You want that. You want them, the young kids, to be the team, to be the people carrying the team to victory. Um, it would be different if this team was full of 35-year-olds and they were all terrible and there were no good young players on the team. Then you can be like, all right, this is like we have, there's literally no, absolutely no positive spin on us winning games right now. Like then I get it. But right now when you have young kids on the team, like, yeah, you kind of want them to win some games here and there. I think last year was different because obviously we've mentioned that it was Bedard last year. That's a huge factor. But also I didn't quite have that much faith in the young talent that they did have up here. Uh, Noah Cates has proved me wrong. Thankfully, Noah yeah. Cates has been awesome. And Joel Farabee was bouncing back from an injury, but I was less worried about him than say like, it, but the thing is like this year you have Bobby Brink, you have Tyson Forrester and Cam York was here last year, but you know, he had a whole saga with torts, but I would say those guys are really the guys that you are building around. And I would include Farabee in there too for hopefully the next really good Flyers team. So, yeah, I, I can agree with 
a lot of the guys in this current group that we're stating, you know, Forrester and Brink especially are guys that are really important to the Flyers being good again. Have we done a pod since Brink's uh, two goal night? I don't think we have because that was the wild game, right? That's right. Yeah. That was awesome, man. What a night for Bobby Brink. That was so, dude, how can you not love this kid? I mean, he's awesome. That smile on his face, man, like that just lights up the entire room. It does. He like he just it's such a oh, my God. I just want to pinch his little cheeks. John Tortorella giving him the dad hair toss was amazing. That was like the most wholesome flyers thing I've seen in years. He loves Bobby Brink. Like he really, really likes this kid a lot. And I mean, it's easy to see why. I mean, he's just he is you can already argue he's one of the best players they have on the power play. Yeah. He's really and he's it's a excellent. bad power play. It's a bad power play, yeah. But like they they're 0 for eight in the last two games on the power play. It's not great. But not great, Bob. No, not at all. But I mean what a what a player he's he's turned out to be. I, I didn't see him being this effective this quickly i didn't think he was going to make the team i don't think a lot of people thought he was going to make the team um but he has been outstanding um and at this point like i don't think there's any question he needs to be on the team the whole season unless there's some sort of unless there's some sort of drastic just absolute collapse and he has zero confidence then um i don't know what you do then but right now like i think he he absolutely must be in the lineup there's no question about it Dude, his creativity on offense is something that this team has been sorely lacking since Claude Giroux was traded. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. He's not afraid to, um, you know, he, he, he kind of throws caution to the wind sometimes and makes plays that, like, may not work. But I like that. I, I like that he tries. That, man. Like, overly cautious Flyers hockey is what really killed this team over the past decade and killed interest in this team. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you know, I'm not saying to be reckless, but you gotta do some wild shit out there to really get people back in the seats, man. And that's, that's the kind of player that's going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And so far he's been great. Tyson Forrester, he still hasn't quite gotten, uh, he still hasn't quite gotten a grasp on, um, or I shouldn't say gotten a grasp, but uh, the goals not in the back of the, the goals net. aren't like the goals yeah aren't the goals aren't coming right now. But and he's he so is goal dependent. Like exactly, he, that's his whole thing. He scores goals, but that's not to say that he's playing poorly. I mean, he's yeah. putting himself in position. He's the goals just aren't there yet. But he'll, he'll get him. He'll get him. If you him. do I'm not, the right stuff, it will happen eventually. And I feel good about that. Like he looked a little frustrated in that Sabers game, but. Man, sometimes you just need one to go in, and that just starts a whole streak. Exactly, yeah. Like, it, it kind of opens the floodgates. Yeah, they always are. Um, and like are. JVR streaky. I mean, Ovi, obviously, one of the, maybe the greatest goal scorer of all time. Streaky as hell. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, even Cam Atkinson, he talks about, you know, sometimes you can be streaky, sometimes you can go in some dry spells. That's just how it goes. So, yeah. un- unless you're like David Posternock, you're you're going to have some dry spells. Yeah, Pasta's one of the only, like, truly consistent goal scorers out there. He's, But he's also, like, such a special player. Yeah. I and Dreisaitl, I would say. Dreisaitl's unbelievable. With yeah, that. he's crazy. He can score from anywhere, <laughs> literally anywhere on the ice. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. A quick side note on the Oilers. They had their Heritage Classic game, which, by the way, zero advertising. No um, one knew about it. On that. Nobody knew about it. What would you think about those Oilers uh, unis in that one? 
ugly as fuck should be burned all of them i like them actually the pants looked horrendous they look oh, ridiculous I love, I, oh i love the old old like old style pants i liked it man i, I like the it. i like the old style pants too but they looked dumb like in that uniform i thought it looked funky man i was into it i uh, let me take all right hold on let me take another look at hey that. listen you if you didn't like it that's cool I, mean, I I like having disagreements, so I'm I'm cool with that. I I personally was a fan. I actually thought it was like weird, and I thought it was like an interesting take on an NHL jersey in a way that I have not seen in a couple years. Yeah, I uh, was not a fan of the pants. I like I know what you mean. I like that old time look that they were going for, but to me, it just didn't. I think they didn't quite get it right on this one. But who knows? Maybe I'm just an idiot, which I am. <laughs> and now, dude, hey, your opinion's your opinion. That's what that's that's what's great about America. America. But, uh, like I, I was into it. I thought like the jerseys were pretty cool and I thought they were they were different. And the Oilers have had some disasters. I'm namely looking at the Todd McFarlane design oil drop, yeah, which is awful. just hideous and atrocity. I don't know why that thing still exists. There's a lot of Oilers Dude, fans that love that jersey. That back. I don't know why. It's awful. It sucks. It's awful. It's really stupid. Like, they have... The Oilers 80s jerseys are one of the best looks in the league, period. Like, just a classic look. And to do that is just, like, such 90s trash right there. I don't know why they ever went away from the royal blue. Like, when they made the orange the prime their primary color, that was such a weird choice i don't know they're one of the only other pro sports teams that can truly rock orange like the flyers the oilers like i would say maybe even the cleveland browns like those are teams that can actually rock orange the right way and they were and maybe maybe the mets i don't know Uh, you know what Uh, i got a hot take you know who rocks the orange really well but they don't they like never wear their orange uniforms who's that cincinnati Bengals. I like the Bengals orange uniforms. I, I do too. I do too. I, I, I hate those white ones. I, I Okay. I like them every now and then. I think it needs a little bit more orange on the white ones, mm-hmm. but I think they actually have a great orange and black look. I think they have an awesome one. It's a tiger. It's orange and black. Like that's the it's whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I think the- awesome helmets. The, yeah. I, I would say the Bengals have S tier NFL helmets. I agree. I agree. I, I think the Bengals have, they have one of the best uniforms in the NFL in their orange un- orange tops, white pants. I love that yeah. uniform combo, but they never wear it. And it's so stupid because it's their it's best so one. It's their best one by a mile. It's great. It's great. It's so and it's weird. unique. I don't know. Unique New York. Yes. Unique New York. So we were talking about how Bobby Brink is a guy who's out there making special things happen on offense, being a creative player. And one guy we've been waiting for that from is Morgan Frost for years now. We've been waiting for Morgan Frost to really, truly step it up and be the offensively gifted player that we expected when he was drafted by the Flyers a few years back. And he's had good spurts, like the end, you know, the second half of last season, as uh, noted by uh, certain journalists, he put up many, many points which was great, but Morgan Frost has barely been in the lineup this season. He was scratched for a number of games. He came back for the Carolina game, and 
I don't, I haven't really noticed him since he came back. He, yeah, he hasn't come back and like, you know, set the world on fire or anything like that. But I do think that we started to see a little more action from him um, in the second game in uh, against Buffalo. I think he started to kind of be a little more noticeable. Um, against Carolina, I did not. Th- I didn't really notice him at all. But then again, that was his first game in however my, what like two weeks, something like that. So yeah, something like, that, like two weeks. And on top of that, it's the Carolina Hurricanes who are good. Not only like a really really good NHL team, but they're also such a, a competent system. They are a team that can you know shut you down with their defensive system. So it makes a lot of sense you wouldn't see him in that game. So I mean. It's good we saw some more spurts. I hope he's in the lineup doing stuff more regularly because I want him to be good. I want him to... I I want the Flyers to have an excuse to sign him to a longer-term deal because he does well. I He wants to be here. The Flyers wanted to be here. Let's make it work. But it's just... It continues to be an enigma. It continues to be one of the most frustrating situations on the team. It's definitely frustrating, but also like, let's be honest, he, he really hasn't been that noticeable. I mean, yeah, he had a couple good spurts against Buffalo, but like the first two games and then his third game of the season, like he was largely invisible to me. I I feel like he still has a lot of work to do. Um, I, I can't really put my finger on how he managed to pull off the second half of last season the way he did. It was great. Um, he was consistently setting up his teammates for scoring chances, and um, that was great. But this season, he just hasn't gotten there yet. And listen, I, I, it's he might have just been having a slow start. Maybe it'll come. But he needs to turn it on soon because if he doesn't – he he screams trade deadline move to me. Oh yeah, and this is a big trade deadline for Danny Briere. Yeah, especially after the whole JVR debacle last offseason or last trade deadline. The whole thing, you know, he didn't trade JVR. He didn't trade Justin Braun. You know, there were guys to be traded. Chuck Fletcher had nothing. Danny Briere knows the spotlight is going to be on him at the trade deadline this year. And he Mm -hmm. knows he has to continue making moves for the rebuild and guys like Morgan Frost, you need to make decisions on soon because you kind of have to cut bait at a certain point if he's not working out for you. And it's probably better for both parties that they move on. If it's truly not working out, I don't want it to come to that. I think you need as many good young, talented players as you can get. And I think Morgan Frost has something, but God damn, he just cannot consistently do it. Yeah, he's he he's that's the main thing. That's his main knock is just the lack of consistency. He has skill. He has, you know, he has a good shot. He's he can pass, he's got good vision. Um he can skate great, but like he just doesn't have the ability to so far, he hasn't had the ability to kind of put all that together at the same time. And um yeah, I don't know. I like he's this is an important season for him. I mean, he really needs to show that he belongs here long-term and soon, because if he doesn't, I truly feel like he could be a player on the move uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. And it really is 
It just feels like sooner at this point. He's not one of Tortorella's guys. No, and not at all. You know Tortorella has his guys. You absolutely know it. Like Noah Cates, a number one guy right there. He but it, that's Noah the thing Cates. that like Noah Cates is like, like I'm sorry to, if this is harsh, but like Noah Cates is actually good. Like he's a good Noah player. Cates is good. Well, he's consistent. He's consistent and he plays both ways. And, you know, a lot of the Flyers' early success can be attributed to the fact that you have Sean Couturier and Noah Cates in the middle providing that two-way play. Yes, exactly. And But, like, the the issue isn't that he wants nothing but two-way guys. Like, he'll... No, no, no. Like, you can beat, like, Bobby Brink, for instance. Guy's not known for his defense, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's doing interesting things offensively. And, like, you can either have a role, right, and be an offensive guy, or you can be a two-way. Like, you either have to show us consistently creativity on offense, make things happen, generate high danger chances, that kind of stuff. Or you have to be a guy that's locking it down on the other end. Like Scott Lawton, for instance. Yeah. Scott Lawton is a really good rounded player, but you know, Scott Lawton is not an offensive dynamo by any measure, but why Scott Lawton is so valuable to the hockey team. Cause he goes, but he can play defense really well on top of that. Like you either have to be like really freaking good on offense or you have to be able to go back and defend your own end. Yeah. And like Travis Konechny, for example, like he is, we, we've talked about this a million times. We thought he and Torts were never going to get along. We thought it was going to be a nightmare. And then early last season, it seemed like it would be. And then after Travis Konechny got benched, he comes out and then he'd complete, he's one of the best players on the team by far. He's the best player on the team. And it's continuing this season. He's what he has eight goals already, like something crazy. He's doing. He has. He's had an amazing. He's crushing it. Year. Yeah, he, he is undoubtedly the Flyers' offensive leader on the team right now. He is the star player of the Flyers. Yeah, and listen, like Torts will be the first person to come out and say he drives me crazy. Like he will say that about Konechny. I think he's said it multiple times before. He drives me crazy. He's drives me nuts sometimes, but. That what I like about him is that he, he's, he's quick to attack. He like he he plays his role very very well. Um, and eleven the, points and eight goals for Travis Konechny so far. Yeah, over a point a game for him to start the season, which is pretty great. Um, that's something that Morgan Frost doesn't have right now. Like he doesn't exactly have a role, and if he's assigned a role, he's not good enough in that role to kind of separate himself and really say like, Hey, this is what I'm good for. Just let me do this thing. You know, like yeah. let me score the goals. Let me be the power play quarterback. He's not even good on the power play. And you would think of all people, and he that would, would be great. Be like and there's opportunities to be had there. That's the biggest thing is like, if you can crush it for this team on the power play and I'm talking like generate one power play goal in three games or something like that would be crushing it because this power play sucks hardcore right now. That's a valuable skill set to have on this team, especially for the coming years. Like you just got to step up, man. And I, I, I'm a big Morgan Frost believer. I want him to work out. I want him to step up. I just don't have any faith that's going to happen at this point. Uh, it, it sucks to see. Yeah. Him it's, it sucks to see a young, I felt bad talented for guy. In on a team that clearly has room for young, talented guys sit in the press box. It sucks. Yeah, it's not great. And 
I'm hoping that he can. I listen. I think I speak for everybody who has been watching the Flyers the last several years. Like I, I think a lot of people want him to blossom into this offensive, this good, useful, consistent offensive player. But like so far, we just haven't seen that consistency, and he's not going to cement a role on this, a long-term role on this team until that happens. And I just don't know when or if that'll happen. Yeah. Not feeling great. Not feeling great at this point. So by the way, Travis Konechny first on the team in points right now. Do you know who's second on the team in points? I believe it's Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson's third. Travis Sanheim is second on the team in points. 10 points in 10 games. Point per game, Travis Sandheim so far. Yeah, love to see it. I am so happy that Sandheim is playing like he is. Like, it seems like he gets towards his system. It seems like he's really enjoying being the top pairing guy. And this is the guy that Chuck Fletcher signed to that contract. Like this is, this is a defenseman. If he plays like this for most of the contract, I am overjoyed to have him on that deal because I am loving this version of Travis Sanheim. I'll say this. He was a beast against Buffalo last night on Wednesday. Oh my God. If he had scored, that would have been one of the goals of the season. If he had buried that one, you know, like the way he was, he was flying on the ice, man. He looked great. And he got the primary assist on both goals. Now, granted, the, the Joel Farabee goal was a fluky one. It went off someone's stick and kind of fluttered hey, in. But It's what we said, though. You just get that puck to the net, man, and, and weird shit happens sometimes. The Cam Atkinson way. Puck don't lie, baby. Puck don't puck lie. Don't lie. So, hey, Farabee and Cam Atkinson's got six goals, and Farabee's got five goals. Like, I, I think Farabee's learning some lessons, and that 20-goal projection's looking pretty good for the Bees. Yeah, I, I swear. I think he could. I think he could hit thirty. I, that I, is that what I said to start the season. I think you did. I mean, we were talking about. It. I didn't quite find a place to bet on it. Twenty should have. I think I said twenty-five or thirty goals. I can't remember what. I think but. he could hit it if he stays healthy. But like, I I like that he's got his scoring touch back for sure. Yeah, he's been good. He's been re- like his start to season is exactly what you want to see from Joel Fair. Like you want to see a little bit more because like, you you know, hearing, I, I always just go back to what Claude Giroux said, like, Oh, he's going to break all my records one day. And like, he doesn't quite look, <laughs> he doesn't quite look Claude Giroux like, but he yeah. looks real, real good. So that's great. He looks good. I want to see more, but again, you also have the fact that he, you know, is getting his bearings after that. Yeah. That yeah. just awful season last year. But yeah, you would like to see more. I'd like to see more from the bees, but it's a good start. I I'm feeling very encouraged. Like I'm still pretty positive. Even after these last couple games, just because they're still playing fun hockey. They're just a more interesting team than they've been in the last like two, three years. Yeah. They're it's like we've talked about before. They're just fun to watch right now. Like they have these young kids coming in. Like you want to watch in and tune in and see how they're, see how they're performing. Like we already saw the Bobby Brink game. That was so much fun. A Tyson Forrester game is coming. Like we, you know, it's, I can't wait. I can't wait. Cam York. I mean, he's still having some hiccups here and there, but like, it's been great watching him play. He makes some good plays, uh, here and there as well. So like, I feel like there's just there's a lot of young talent on this team. Noah Cates as well. Like there's a lot of young guys who you want to keep watching and like it, it's just good to know that like the main players who definitely didn't have a future with this team, they're all gone. Like the D'Angelos, the Provorovs, the whoever Kevin like Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, like they're all gone. 
And now these are all players who are actually in position to be part of the next really good Flyers team. Will they? Not all of them are going to be part of it, but like this is kind of like a think about this season as kind of like a really extended long training camp. Like they're looking it's an audition. at yeah, they're looking at this team, this year's team, and thinking like, okay, who's going to be on the next good team? And they're going to kind of weed out from there. You know, when they decide, when they figure out who's who belongs and who doesn't, and that's not to say that the people who don't belong are bad. It's just you know they might not be a fit with what they want. It just might not be the fit. Yeah, I mean, and it's that's that's interesting. It's fun again. Like I, I'm still having fun, and I hope this feeling continues throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I hope it does too. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to end on a, a bit, well, a very sad note, but uh, the last topic of the evening is unfortunately a, a just very dark and sad one. And there was a, a lot of shock through the hockey world this week over the story about Adam Johnson, who was a former NHL and AHL player who was playing over in England. And I'll just read this bit from the AP article about this American hockey player, Adam Johnson, who appeared in 13 NHL games with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2019 and 2020 has died after his neck was cut by a skate blade during a game in England on Saturday. His team said he was 29. Johnson was playing for the Nottingham Panthers in a challenge cup game against the Sheffield Steelers when he suffered the skate cut during the second period of the elite ice hockey league game at Sheffield's Utilia utilita arena let's just go with that but the headline here is this guy died he was cut on the neck by a skate blade in a hockey game and died this is like the scariest shit like because when you see this game where these men are going around with actual blades tied to their feet this is the thing that like your worst most deep-seated fear is this kind of thing it's crazy that things like this I mean we're we're lucky that this has only happened a couple times that I know of. And one yeah. l- luckily one of them didn't result in a death. Um I I mean it's crazy. Um what a sh- I mean what, what do you even say? It, it's just it was a dark day An for hockey. Shock. Shocking. Um I feel like this is the type of thing that changes the sport forever. I, I've I've heard that the NHL and you know other leagues across the world are considering making neck protection uh, mandatory for all players. And honestly, I think they should. I, I, I'm I, I'm again I'm amazed that things like this don't haven't happened more. As much as I hate to say it. And if they do happen, believe this sport used to be played without helmets. I I don't know what the hell was wrong with those people back then. Those guys were nuts. And then there were guys in the nineties, like, uh, Oh my God. Who was the guy in the flyers? Who was like holding on to it? Like there were guys in the nineties who were just like Craig McTavish, Craig McTavish played without a helmet in the mid nineties. And it was insane. Wild. And like, there was this, uh, I mean, even now you hear players coming out there, you know, they want to, take warm-ups without their helmets on one one poorly aimed shot and you're dead like what are you thinking it's just just it's wild to me like if i'm playing ice hockey i'm getting all the neck protection i'm i'm wearing a visor helmet all that stuff put me in armor a full suit of armor put me in a full cage i don't even care honestly i I I really don't like Like, 
and the fact that visors were only a recent like man mandate, you know, yeah. like stuff like that is insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but it's it's a sad sad story. Uh, you know, Adam jo- he played for the Phantoms. He played thirty mm-hmm. games for the Phantoms in uh, twenty one twenty two. So yeah, um, and it's just it's it's he was twenty nine years old. Twenty nine like, years old is you know, I just turned thirty last month. Right. When you're a teenager, 29 seems like just old as shit. But like now that I'm like a decade older than that, like 29 is so goddamn young. And it's it's just tragic. And I feel so bad for this guy. I feel so bad for his His family. family I feel bad for the guy who did it. Like the the guy who cut like, listen, I I haven't. People were already asking questions like, well, was it, you know, was it an accident? Probably an accident, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, I don't, I haven't seen the video. I won't, I won't watch it. I don't recommend watching it. Yeah. I I don't need to see that. I don't recommend watching it. Um, But like, from what I've heard, people are like, oh, that his leg doesn't go up that way unless it's intentional. Like, no one intends for this to happen. And if you think, that his plan was, oh, I'm going to make sure I, I slice his neck. Like, no, that is not what happened. This guy, I, I'll be honest, I don't know the name of the player who, who, whose skate came up. But this player, that player has to deal with this for the rest of his life. This is going to haunt him. Forever. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like... It's a complete accident, and there's just no way that like, this is a life changing thing for him. And you know that he's never going to go a day without thinking about this. Um, and that's just a horrible, horrible punishment for something that was unintentional. It was just an accident, and I, I couldn't begin to imagine. I hope he's doing well, and I hope he's getting the help he needs um, because. I sure know I would need it if I were in that situation. Yes, yes. This is not a time to try and be a a strong person and say you don't need therapy. This is where therapists yeah. are, are key and clutch. And I still regret to this day not seeing a therapist after my mother died because, like, my dad said we should. And I was like, no, 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 I don't need it. Yeah, like, that, that stuff helps. Like, embrace therapy. It really can help you. But... Regardless, like, this is just a tragic, tragic story. And, yeah, the NHL should seriously consider neck guards. I'm very curious how this is going to work out with the Penguins trying them out. And just protect TJ Yoshi. players. TJ Yoshi tonight wore one. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Players, protect yourselves. Protect your long-term health. I mean, it's a different issue. But just seeing the guys who have gone through concussions, talking to Keith Primo all those years ago about concussions you know that that just wrecks your life whatever protection you can have this game is not worth ruining your life and please embrace healthy healthy options and protection for yourself yes always that's the most important thing and i'll be honest like i'm i'm very much on team net protect neck protection for the nhl people can whine and complain about it oh that's that goes it's not it's they gotta be warriors it's change i don't like change like sorry this is a change that needs to be made 
And I believe some of the European leagues have been wearing neck protection. I think, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I can't remember if it's the SHL or wherever it is, but like some leagues actually do wear the neck protection. And honestly, you don't notice it. You really don't. And it's going to save lives potentially. So it's just a smart thing to do. And it, it shouldn't take a tragedy like this to call these things to light or, you know, bring these things to light. Uh, it's, it's just terrible. I don't know what else to say about it, but you know, um, condolences to everybody in Adam Johnson's family and his teammates. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, rest in peace. Well, a quick, so I just wanted to let's end things on not the biggest bummer in the world because obviously a a truly tragic thing, but I, I wanted, did you see, so Gritty always dresses up for the Halloween game. And oh, this I feel is so like good. Gritty dressed up as the crocodile hunter and had a real crocodile in his chaos corner, which is an, emo- wow. an emotional support crocodile. Was it the emotional? Was it Wally Gator, the emotional support alligator that got denied from the Phillies game? I'm honestly not sure. But he had an alligator, and he said that it was his emotional. Did we talk support. about that on this this show? Did we talk about the emotional support alligator? I don't think we did. Although I, I, it's it's actually hilarious. That was bonkers to me. It's hilarious that we bring this up this topic because my girlfriend went to the University of Miami, Florida, and um, she had a class with this kid who had an emotional support gecko, <laughs> and he would bring him to class, and he had a leash. For his gecko. He made a little leash for him. And wow. He would, That's not even an Owen Wilson wow. That's a genuine wow. <laughs> he would just climb. He brought him everywhere across. Like she would see him at in class. She would see the gecko like all the time in class. She would see him. She would see the guy walking around with the gecko at night after school. Just walking across <laughs> campus with this gecko on his shoulder. Like Sure. She said it was a very sweet gecko. So I had, I would imagine it would have to be to be emotionally supportive. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> know what else to say. That's wild. But I mean, I number one, I would not have allowed the emotional support get alligator into the Phillies game myself because that's crazy. Uh, alligators, unlike geckos, have big shark teeth. They are just terrifying creatures. I am good on the alligator. Gritty, however, as a creature of chaos and its own entity in and of itself, uh, embraced the gator and seemed to have a blast with it at the uh, the game the other day. Did you see what Gritty dressed up as during the uh, the what Halloween spooktacular? I think that's what it was called for uh, the Ducks game. So I saw the the crocodile hunter. Was there another another costume? The Little Mermaid. Oh, I did see that. I did see the Little Mermaid, which repelled down something- from the ceiling. As I the can't little unsee. I cannot unsee Gritty as the Little Mermaid. It was great. I thought it was seared awesome. into my eyes. the The best part is when Gritty finally got to the surface of the ice. He just flopped around on the ice like the Pokemon Magikarp. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, I like that. You know, Gritty had to get relegated to the Chaos Corner over there, but. Still just making the best of it. I think it's great. I love the Chaos Corner. 
I'm enjoying all the clips that come out of it. I actually really want to get tickets in the Chaos Corner for a gamer. I do too. It's it's fun. I think it's it a seems fun thing. Fun the silly string and uh, frankly the Flyers need any ounce of fun they can get. I know people are like really cranky about the mascot still, even though it's been years at this point. Yeah, but like. It's the only, it was number one, Gritty was the only interesting thing about the Flyers for like two, three years. Gritty's wildly more popular than the Flyers. Like everybody knows Gritty and a lot of people don't give a shit about the Flyers, unfortunately. And like, lean into it, guys. It's fun. Just spray that silly string out there. Gritty has thousand followers on Twitter. That's crazy. That's a ridiculous amount. That is a mascot. That is most certainly. Does the fanatic even have a Twitter? I don't think so, but I'm not 100% sure. The fanatic has an Instagram. Interesting. But, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, again, Gritty is a a nationally recognized uh, mascot at this point. A nationally recognized entity. And... Yeah, don't be cranky. But hey, regardless, the chaos corner is working out really well so far. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise having to to stick gritty in it. Somebody put gritty in a corner, and gritty has owned that corner. He has. I am a big fan of it, and uh, I I hope they continue to bring live wild animals into the into the park. <laughs> let's get let's get Wilk, baby. Let's bring in hippos. Let's bring in giraffes. Let's do it. Hippos have a great PR team. Because hippos they are because they're terrifying creatures. But people think they're so cute, and they want to pet them, and they want to just go up to. Have they you think ever watched great. a hippo crush a watermelon? Yes, it's insane. Now I it actually, is insane. I actually think it's cute when they do that because they're like those are friendly hippos. But like, if you see a wild hippo, Steve, that watermelon would be your head. They are. One of the most horrifying. They're responsible they're for savage. more. They're savage. They're. I think they're the deadliest animal on the planet. Like they. I think hippos kill more people every year than. Well, actually, I think technically mosquitoes number one. But like hippos are basically fucking dinosaurs. They're insane. They're out of control, and one of the craziest. <laughs> they can get you. Uh, they can get you on land or by sea. Steve, I saw this video of these people on this boat. In like somewhere, I think it was somewhere in Africa, and they were just like it was like a motorboat. You know, they were probably going twenty, twenty-five, maybe thirty miles an hour on this boat. This hippo was on land, ran into the water, disappeared under the surface of the water. They had no idea where the hippo went, and it just showed up next, like literally jumped out from underneath the water above the surface of the water. No, thank you. Like it is so big and so heavy. It should not be that fast. It should not be that agile. It doesn't make sense. It is a fucking it. It, I don't, I can't wrap my head around how that is physically possible for something that big to do that through the water. It's fucking nuts. They are. Thank you. They are. They are insane. I can talk about this animal all day because they just don't make sense. Well, that'll be a summer episode as uh, Quakes talks about hippos. And orcas. 
<laughs> you're looking for any excuse to talk about orcas. I, I, don't, I know better than to approach that topic with you. Hippos are fascinating, though, because people do go, oh, look at the hippo. But it is yeah. a terror, terror, terrifying monster. Yeah, it's the same thing with the panda. Like, pandas are yeah. really, really cute, but they will just rip your, like, literally rip bear. your face to shreds. Yeah. It's a panda bear, folks. It's yeah. still a bear. Don't, don't forget that. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget that important, important lesson right there. All right, folks. Well, we're going to get going, but it was a rip-roaring time. We had a blast, and we hope you did, too. If you have any feedback for us, unfortunately, still the best place is the website formerly known as Twitter, X, ugh. Uh, you can reach me at flyperbole or at S bomb. If it's for hockey purposes, make it flyperbole. It's flyperbole on Instagram. It's flyperbole on TikTok. Quigs, where can the people reach you? You can reach me on the Twitter or X at Ryan Quigs with a Z. And also a little bit of news. I'm back, baby. Oh, baby. I am back at back. Broad Street Hockey. I'm going to be posting... All of my content for Broad Street Hockey once again. Um, I am looking forward to it. I have missed being a regular contributor at Broad Street Hockey very, very much, and I'm excited to be back here pumping out some spicy tent. So tangy tent, tangy tangy tent, tangy tangy. Make sure you are hitting that subscribe button over on Broad Street Hockey. Okay, be sure to check that out. And we have so many other great articles for you every day. So definitely worth your few bucks a month for, for the price of a fancy cup of coffee every month. You can have some of the tangiest hockey tent out there on the internet. Good shit. Welcome back. Quigs. We are happy to have you while you're hitting subscribe on stuff, by the way, hit subscribe on the new podcast feeds. Be sure to rate them too, wherever you can. We do appreciate uh, the ratings because that helps us get the profile back up for the new feeds. You know, we're on all of them. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Amazon. We're on three men in a podcast, all that stuff. Every single one of you, if you're listening to this right now, get on there and give us a five-star rating I don't care if you dislike the show. You can say that you hate me. You can say that you hate us in the comments, but make sure to give us five stars. Don't don't hate me, please. But uh, you can yeah, hate give me. Give us five stars for the love of God. And I'll tell you what: if you get a five, if you give us a five star review, I will give you a sticker at a tailgate at some point. There you go. That's for sure. Or an event. You know, I always have lots lots of stickers on me. But lie to me and say you gave me five. No, give us five stars, please, for the love of God. We need it. We need to build everything back up. Be, yeah. but be sure. Tell your friends. All right. We're out here. We're making content about the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers, and they're fun again. So that's what matters. All right, folks. We're going to get going to bed. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. And once more, thanks to Bet Online for sponsoring this show. Promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.